Over a Life Royal Equity Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Hey, welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real-life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing ease to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth or cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Life Real Equity. We are really excited about our guest today as our guest is a good friend of ours. For more than a decade, she has been the workplace culture expert. She has motivated audiences to make changes for their better and their professional and personal lives. As a gifted speaker, her authenticity and her ability to intimately connect with an auditorium filled with employees and executives aren't performance arts. She is just the real deal. Before traveling the country, she influenced others and was in her audience shoes working in the corporate world where she saw and even experienced herself how the Great Divide impacted growth and success among her peers. She has spoken in over 45 states, featured as a speaker of TEDx, has been part of the segment Better Kansas City Morning TV show, featured on the Dude Perfect show seen on Nickelodeon, is member of the National Speakers Association, is a prior fellowship fellow, is a former state council officer of Missouri 4-H and former NFL cheerleader. Those fortunate enough to experience her presentation gain a wealth of skills to respect individual differences and use them to build a stronger company culture that promotes retention, fulfillment, and shared success goals. Her featured topics are building your personal brand, across the great divide working across generations, leadership hustle, bringing out the leader in you, EQ, why you need it in the workforce, and dream it, map it, reach it, chasing your dreams. She specializes in motivation, personal and corporate development, emotional intelligence, generational differences, working with millennials, and personal brand. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome our guest and friend today, Shannon McCain. Welcome to the show. Ah, thank you so much. It's great to be here. We have a very unique history together. So talk to us a little bit about where you're from, uh, kind of what got you into entrepreneurship, business ownership. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure thing. So I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, born and raised, lived there my entire life, including college. I kind of joke today that really for about three decades of my life, I really kind of just grew up in a 15 mile radius and didn't really deviate from there. (laughs) And then about a year ago, I decided to move to Dallas, Texas um, for no reason other than I just wanted to experience life from a different angle and have been loving it down here. It's not too far from Kansas City. I get back very regularly to see my friends and family. And of course I travel for my work today. So it doesn't really matter where I'm based, just as long as I'm close to an airport. My entrepreneurial journey has been a really interesting journey. So my day job is that I'm a speaker, like kind of like a motivational speaker. And I've been doing that for almost a decade now, um, being out on my own as an entrepreneur. And of course, in the speaker community and kind of in the nature of the world that we live in today, there's a lot of people that are really interested and fascinated in that type of work. And so of course, the 
very first right. question I always get is, well, how did you get into that? <laughs> and um, right. everybody's, yeah, yeah, everybody's story is completely different um, as far as like how my friends and the and the community that I live in today, as far as the world of speakers and thought leaders, everybody's story is completely different and mine's the same. It's very unique. I grew up in a little organization called 4-H. Are you familiar mm. with that? But only because of you. Yeah, yeah, you kind of know my journey from when I first got started um, speaking professionally. But for those of the listeners that aren't familiar with 4-H, it's historically known as a very rural or agricultural-based organization. Historically, it's known as being kind of synonymous with the county fair and smaller communities or, you know, taking projects that have to do with um, animal related type things like, you know, showing your cow at the county fair or raising pigs or that sort of thing. I grew up in Mm -hmm. what I call city 4-H. So growing up in Kansas City, I didn't have cows or pigs or land. And so... From the age of about eight years old, uh, I took a speech to the county fair every year, and I really fell in love with the concept of being able to deliver a message and create a dialogue or provoke thought or maybe even, you know, try to make change, you know, whether that's just influencing people to try to have better lives or whether that means, you know, on a particular topic, you know, what that means as far as trying to do something better. So I really fell in love with it from an early age. And then fast forward to my adult life, I was actually working in corporate America and also cheering simultaneously in the NFL. And I just still had this like kind of calling, I guess you would say that I really loved the idea of being able to, you know, again, like create a speech, create a message and, and create that dialogue between, you know, myself and an audience. And so one thing led to another and I just kind of stumbled upon it as a full-time career back in 2010 and started going down that path and never looked back. So here I am. Yes. And you, you have quite a unique story, especially the fact that you've been a chief's cheerleader. And so how did you transition from, well, first, what led you to cheerleading? And then how did you transition from that to now being a speaker? And let's, <laughs> t- let's really talk about the fact that you did both. You worked in the corporate world and was a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cheerleading was always something that I was just unbelievably in love with. Now, I mentioned a second ago that I grew up in an organization called 4-H. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to grow up in cheer and dance classes. It just wasn't a part of my childhood. My father worked two jobs just to put food on the table. And so um, being involved in 4-H was about the only thing that I did as a kid. And so when I became a freshman at um, my local high school there in Kansas City. I just, I remember like it was yesterday walking into that high school and seeing the upperclassmen girls who were on the cheerleading squad and just saying, oh my gosh, I want to be them. And somehow I just happened to make the freshman cheerleading squad that year. I mean, I'd never taken a class in my life. I think I maybe did like a gymnastics something one summer in middle school, but that was it. And I just worked really hard at it. It was something that I loved more than anything else on the planet. And so I was lucky enough to get to cheer and dance at my college. And then I was lucky enough to get into the NFL with a lot of hard work and perseverance. So yeah, so that was always a passion of mine. I wish I could do it for my whole life. But unfortunately, people's bodies don't work that way. (laughs) So... So the so the transition into speaking, I mean, you know, people think that that's how 
I got my start into the career that I have today, that's not actually the case at all. Um, it just happened that cheerleading was something that I loved and it was a hobby and it was a passion that I did on the side while I was working in corporate America. And then, and then I quit my corporate job a couple of years after I kind of launched my speaking brand and uh, just started taking off from there with speaking. So this is a very interesting topic because there's a lot of people out there who are interested in becoming a quote unquote motivational speaker, public yes. speaker. There are countless groups Talk to us a little bit about the reality behind that, actually getting started and being successful at it, because there's one thing to do it and say you do it, and then there's another thing to get large corporations to sponsor your events. I mean, I'm looking Sprint and, you know, MIT and Fidelity and AT&T, these, these companies you've actually spoken to. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. You know, if you go on Instagram right now and you look at, you know, hashtag motivational speaker, there's probably millions of results of people saying, oh, you know, I'm a motivational speaker. So, yeah, there's <laughs> it's an interesting career and a profession to be in. So for me specifically, I don't do like public events. I'm not a Tony Robbins. There's very, very few people in this world that can do those sorts of public seminar type events like a Tony Robbins. For me, yeah. my speaking career is kind of twofold. Um, the first is that I got my start in the youth market and what that means to me as high school and college students. I really had a very sincere desire and passion to really make a difference in young people's lives. And I understood what that meant because I grew up in a youth organization and I knew that I had been to several events, whether it was through the high school or the college or my youth organization that, you know, we brought in speakers. And so I knew exactly, you know, what that meant to be able to go in and deliver that sort of message. And then the corporate side of right. things really kind of happened organically for me. Um, I didn't really expect the shift to occur that did but I'm I'm also I'm grateful for it and so I would say today I kind of still play in both worlds both the youth market and also corporate and so from the corporate perspective yeah I mean I've had the opportunity to speak for some really big name companies. You know, you mentioned Fidelity Investments, there's Rubbermaid, uh, GE Transportation. I just spoke for Tesla a few months ago. MIT brought me in three different times. So I feel really lucky and blessed. So I think from the speaker perspective, like you can't really become a quote unquote motivational speaker if you don't have some kind of expertise or background that you're known for, and then also delivering content that is going to be relative and important for whatever the organization is hiring you for, you know? So there's really kind of some key components that go into it. And, you know, having a really strong business plan is really important and I think has been helpful for me to be successful. That's real good. You hit something that was real key there and you said having your own personal niche on what you're going to present is what can distinguish you, make you unique in that marketplace. Let's talk a little bit more about that, like in an entrepreneur perspective, um, because like us, we, you know, we have a podcast. There's so many podcasts that is launching, but there's something unique about us, which makes us stand out. What is some key points that you can give our listening audience on how they can become unique in their particular uh, niche or work environment? 
Sure, absolutely. I think what's really important for a aspiring entrepreneur is that you have to understand what you do and what you do well, what your competitors are doing. I think it's really important to understand, you know, kind of who you're up against in the marketplace. And then again, going back to what's your differentiation point. And then finally, clarity and consistency about what you do and what you offer. So, you know, there's so much content out there today. There's so much data and noise that's that's competing for our time and interest and attention. And so I think the more clear you can be about what you offer and the more consistent you can be about what you offer is really what's kind of winning right now. Nice, nice. So not to digress, but you kind of talked about the shifts you made from youth speaking to corporate America. First, talk to us a little bit about the shift from the youth market to corporate America, because I believe a lot of people that I talk to typically start at a local youth organization, a high school, a college, but they never make the shift. How did you make the shift? (laughs) Yeah, it was a surprise and a shock to me. I mean, I didn't expect it. I didn't necessarily want to do it. Again, my heart is still, I mean, I still very actively work a great deal at the high school and collegiate levels. It's something that's a passion for me. It's something that I'll probably never give up as long as I can continue to make a difference in students' lives. So, So the shift for me was kind of, I guess, maybe twofold. So my background in corporate America, you know, I had a career. I mean, I didn't just, you know, wake up one day at the age of 18 and say, oh, I'm going to go be a motivational speaker. Like my career in corporate America was being an executive recruiter. And between being an executive recruiter and also performing with in the NFL on a very high functioning, high performing team. Both of those things together lent itself to me being somewhat of an expert in um, being able to build high performing teams for companies. And so when a company first called me within those first couple of years and said, hey, we really want you to come in and help talk to us about this, it made 100% sense because I had had that experience. I had lived that experience. I knew what it was like to work for a company. Um, Most people don't understand in these terms, but truly being an NFL cheerleader, I was an employee within a company and I was expected to perform at a very high level along with other people that were performing at a very high level. And then also as being an executive recruiter by day, you know, all of that kind of lent itself to make sense for me to be able to offer wisdom and information to be able to help other organizations create high performing teams. So that's kind of where it organically shifted and then it really just kind of took off. One of the things I want to make clear to our audience is you don't just go on stage and perform. You actually practice. Talk about the practice behind <laughs> being a motivational speaker because I mm-hmm. I mean I kid you not, there are so many people out there who think all it takes is getting on the stage and hyping people up. They don't talk about the practice. There's very few that actually talk about the practice behind (laughs) being the motivational speaker. Talk to us a little bit about that. Oh, gosh. I could talk about this for hours, really. (laughs) So I'll try to be as succinct as I possibly can. So there's just there's so many components that go into it. 
I would say the first thing is, is that I approach my business as an actual business. I don't approach it as just, you know, doing 15 second, like motivational videos on Instagram. You know, I approach it as an actual, like, you know, what do I bring to the market? Who in the marketplace wants to know what I have to say? Am I doing all of the business aspects of that, including sales, marketing, administrative, contracts, invoicing, uh, you know, and then of course the actual content piece, I'm constantly writing, researching, reviewing, really kind of, you know, building out all of that content and making sure it's relevant from year to year or quarter to quarter. And then also outside of that, I do a lot of business consulting now. So I'm not just going out there and giving speeches. Um, I actually like working in the trenches with my clients to help them actually build those teams. So it's one thing to deliver the message, you know, feel like a rock star or superstar and then get back on a plane and come back you know, home, it's another thing to actually keep working in the trenches with your clients to make sure that the message that you're delivering is in fact real and that you can provide those results for your clients. Yeah, that's, that's real good. Yeah. So you hit something and, and I want to, I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into what you mentioned before you said you, you treat your business like a business. That is such gold. Your business like a business. And you talked about having some of the key components to your business plan. Without sharing your proprietary information, tell us some of the things that anybody who is aspiring to get into speaking, who just want to speak to promote their business, talk to us a little bit about some of the components they need to have in a successful business plan to be a speaker. Sure, yeah. Um, So you mentioned something that was that is important to recognize that, you know, some people want to be a full-time speaker and some people just want to speak to help support whatever business it is that they currently have. Right. And so there's no, there's, there's no right or wrong to either of those. There's no like one size fits all to any of it. There's so many different ways that people can kind of make all of this work for themselves. Um, I guess the biggest thing for me that I would say is, is that having a business plan and constantly reviewing that business plan is probably the single most important tool that I've used in the last decade to really keep myself focused and on track and knowing what I'm trying to do each day, each week, each month, each year to reach the goals that I have. So whether that means, you know, it's a 50 page document, whether it's a one page document, whatever, you know, kind of business plan, there's so many um, templates out there. If you just Google business plan or um, you know, if, you know, find someone else that's an entrepreneur that has a great business plan and just really make sure that you're really solid on the nuts and bolts of what you're trying to achieve. That's good. And, and so that our audience can put the pieces of the puzzle together. You mentioned before knowing what your competitors are doing, having clarity on your message. Those are key components to a business plan. Yeah. So there's no like fairy tale unicorn business plan it's all relative to what it is that you know. You mentioned before talking from a perspective of experience. What is it that you're experienced in? Um, you said you're passionate about youth. So that's not something that I ever leave your business plan. Right. And so all of these things are components to a successful business plan. And then you, you even went on to clarify about the important difference between if you're trying to speak full time and you're trying to speak just to promote your business. There's a huge difference in business plans when it comes to that aspect. 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very, very true. Mm-hmm. So overall, it sounds like, you know, you have such big confidence. And even in person, when I've met you, you have this level of confidence that is just, you know, it, it kind of overradiates in a room. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, you know, Thank has you. that always been, yeah, you're welcome. Has that always been the case? And have you ever, you know, with this transition, I'm sure there's been talk about the highlights. Let's also talk about maybe a low point that you've had during this journey. Sure, absolutely. So I've been asked this question before, and it's been framed in the exact same way that you just framed it. And it's so interesting to hear other people say that about me, because I don't know that I look at myself necessarily in that light, you know, having confidence and, you know, just doing what I do. For me, I would say that there's a really pivotal, important moment in my life when I was in middle school. Uh, Actually, no, it was high school. Yeah, it was high school. It was a conversation that I had with my mom, and I was really kind of, I don't want to say distraught, but I was frustrated for sure about a very specific situation of going to college and what college did I want to go to and trying to set up, you know, the best path for myself to be successful in my life. And it was just, it was a very, (laughs) I was just really challenged in that moment. And my mom very sternly and specifically said to me, Shannon, whatever it is that you want in this life, you can figure this out. And she's like, whatever college it is that you want to go to, we're going to find a way to make it happen. And it just, it was such a pivotal moment for me that my mom had all of that sincerity and uh, just conviction. It made me feel like, yeah, I really can do anything that I put my mind to if I'm willing to work hard and figure it out. And I think from that moment on, I've really lived by that conversation. I'm going to tear up here (laughs) because um, ultimately my mom, my mom passed away a month before I graduated from college. So she didn't get the opportunity to actually see me, you know, walk across that stage. But um, I'll never forget that, that very specific conversation that we had um, that she just instilled that in my heart and in my soul that um, it didn't matter where I came from. It didn't matter how much money I had in my pockets. It didn't matter, um, you know, what, you know, uh, connections that my family had, which was not nothing. <laughs> All that mattered right, was that yeah. if I, if I wanted it bad enough, I could figure out how to make it happen. And sure enough, that's kind of what I've lived my life by. I figured out how to get into my dream college. I figured out how to make the NFL, even though I didn't grow up in cheer and dance classes. I figured out how to start and build my own business. Um, I And I could go on and on. You know, I was on TV for three years in Kansas City without any you know, formal training. I, uh, you know, I've just, I've done some things in my life and it's not to do them to impress the world. It's just to do them because these are the things that I want out of my own life. And I, my mom Mm. just helped me believe in myself that I could have whatever life that I wanted if I was willing to work hard enough for it. Wow. Now, I don't know if, uh, if, if our audience really caught that, but the why yeah. behind what you do is so strong. Your conviction is so strong. 
your mom's powerful message that resonated with you and stuck with you through all the hard times, through all the good times, and really was that, that voice inside your head that pushed you. If you haven't heard our episode on the why, really going deep into the why, go back to that episode, listen to that again, because a really powerful why can really uh, can motivate you, it can push you, it can give you the desire on a bad day, it can pull you out of a really dark spot. So I appreciate that really honest and vulnerable story. I mean, I'm trying just, not to tear up, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I almost I can, teared up. I can fully relate to that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's real. And that's, that was, that's the goal of this podcast is yeah. to really talk reality behind, you know, who you are, your entrepreneurship journey, your whole, like your personal journey, because it's all interconnected, right? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. What would you tell your younger self? I mean, you are where you are today. And I know you're not old enough to go back 20 years, but, you know, talk to us a little bit about where you would tell yourself 10 years ago. I mean, because I, I think we met almost maybe a year after you, you, uh, you stopped working your corporate job. It may have been the same year. I don't know uh, for sure. But what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? I'm really interested to hear this because I know where I am and I'm pretty sure I know what I would tell myself. You know, that Justin that met Shannon back all those, all those years ago. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I mean, so many things. I'd have to, I mean, I'd really have to sit down with myself and say, okay, where did the journey go this direction or that direction? And what would I say at that moment or this moment? I would say there were definitely points in time of my life that I let maybe some of the naysayers say that, you know, maybe I wasn't good enough or that I couldn't do it. Um, and not just in regards to my speaking, but really in all areas, cheerleading or education or, I mean, I mean, who, I mean, just really anything. And it's hard not to let that sort of messaging creep in from time to time. I mean, even the most resilient person on the planet is still going to hear it or see it, you know, and yeah. I think I would have just told myself back then, yeah, that's going to happen and you need to devise a game plan on how you're going to mentally and emotionally work through it and keep pushing forward. Um, because I do think that at certain points, maybe I didn't have a, as well of a response mechanism for myself just you know internally to work through that I mean obviously I've pushed through a lot of those barriers and you know what people said but I wish I could have had a better like mechanism to push through harder or faster so I would probably say that to my younger self you know like you know get a mentor and figure out like what very specifically like how you're going to tackle that type of a hurdle. Uh, another thing that I would probably tell myself, um, I think I've always kind of known this, but I don't think it can be reiterated enough, especially as a young person, that work ethic is king. It's far yeah. and above and beyond anything else that I've seen and witnessed. I've watched, um, and, and Justin, I'm sure that you could you know, say the same, that I've watched far too many people have to give up in their entrepreneurial dreams 
because they weren't willing to work hard enough. It's so easy to say, I've got it. Yes, let's go and like get excited. But then to not follow up on that excitement, you know, you don't, that's not how you do the business. You know, the work ethic is king. And the people that I've seen be the most successful are the willing, are the folks that are willing to work the absolute hardest. One of my clients to this day amazes me beyond belief. I mean, he'll be, he'll be responding to me with emails at four and five o'clock in the morning. I mean, like very, like, logically like put together emails and you know and it blows my mind but he and just the success that I've seen him have in his business is just amazing and I know it's because he's willing to work that hard so I would say probably that I would also tell myself that to my younger self too so I want to I want to hit on something because you because you hit it on the head work ethic no shortcuts work harder and then follow up on the excitement. Darren Hardy said, commitment is doing the thing you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Now, <laughs> quotes, are con- con- quotes are constantly being requoted. So if that's not the exact quote, take the message, not the, not the person. <laughs> you know? So it's really important that we talk about the reality behind the work ethic. And if you're not already subscribed to our newsletter, definitely go do that because we talk about this stuff every week with real life examples of entrepreneurs who are using exactly this, the commitment they set the mood in, the, the mood they set the commitment in, and they follow up just like you have done for years and years and years. I wanted to make sure I hit that. If you haven't got the newsletter, it's uh, realliferequity.com forward slash newsletter. Uh, go subscribe now and you'll get access to not only what Shannon is going to share with us, also all the other things that uh, we've done in the past and uh, all the other things that we're working on together. So the other thing you said was a game plan to work through the naysayers and the negativity. And I want to sit on this. I want to sit on this for a minute because today we have, and and I believe Julian wants to come back on the podcast and talk about this. Yeah. But today we have an increased rate of depression like nobody's business. Mm. And I'm not saying that a game plan is going to eliminate or reduce depression, but a lot of people are struggling because there's so much optimism and all you have to do is follow these three steps to win in life and business. And when they get punched in the face, like entrepreneurship and life does you, they don't have a game plan for what that looks like after they have that bloody nose. Yeah. We don't talk about the game plan for the guy or the gal who says you'll never make it. The guy or the gal who <laughs> puts mean, hateful things on your Facebook post and all you're trying mm-hmm. to do is inspire some mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you talk about putting a game plan together and work through the naysayers and negativity, I don't want to just breeze past that because I haven't done it. And I know you talk from an emotional intelligence standpoint at some point in your speaking career. So I know that's probably where that comes from. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm taking that to use for my emotional intelligence and grow because that game plan is so pivotal and key. I've had people tell me I couldn't do it and I stopped only to realize they were wrong and it burned mm-hmm. years of my life away. That, mm-hmm. that exactly mm-hmm. the delay it causes you it cause it stops you and then causes you to have this delay because you fed into 
the negative thought or the naysayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I appreciate you saying that because that's really key. What are you doing now? Talk to us a little bit about what you're working on, some of the things that you want our audience to know about you, and uh, how can they get a hold of you? <laughs> Sure, absolutely. Well, in true millennial fashion, my brand <laughs> is all over the internet. <laughs> I mean, you can find me all over the place if you just Google Shannon McCain or former NFL cheerleader, motivational speaker. So yeah, as far as what I'm working on right now, I am working on the same stuff that I've been working on twofold. One, I really still have a huge deep desire passion to keep giving speeches and so I have my goal of my number of speeches that I want to make sure that I hit every year and then outside of that just the business side of things so I do a lot of consulting for both companies and individuals I guess it's the best way to put it I would never I don't consider myself a life coach at all I would maybe consider myself a business coach um, under the right circumstances but not in the formal like oh I am going to be your business coach for 12 months and you're going to pay me like x amount of dollars like not like that necessarily but um, I really like working with a team or a manager or an individual and saying okay here's the problem or here's what we're trying to achieve how do we Solve that? How do we get from point A to point B? And then I help put together that um, game plan and say, okay, here are the things that I would suggest and advise and let's go do it together. So yeah. whether that means, you know, again, going back to building really successful and great teams, whether that means trying to have a better understanding of how to approach our customers. So sometimes I'll come in and talk to an organization's sales team about how to really understand the customer customer mindset today, whether that means, uh, golly, an individual really wants to heighten their personal brand and elevate it um, to build, you know, back credibility to also the business that they have. So I guess in kind of those genres and, and where I'm at. So I would say today it's really a 50-50 balance between my speaking engagements and my consulting. Nice. That's good. And so if there's a way, if, some, if our listening audience is listening and they're like, man, I really want more of Shannon, what is a good contact for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. It's just my name. So Shannon at ShannonMcCain.com or you can reach out to my assistant, Lucas, Lucas at ShannonMcCain.com. And then, yeah, I've got my website up and I've got all my social media and all that. But Definitely email gets to me faster than uh, than a direct message on social media. Nice. Awesome. Nice. So Shannon com. that's Shannon McCain is spelled M-C-K-A-I-N.com. Before we let you off the podcast, I wanted to go into the importance of working with your clients in the trenches because I think in today's information marketing-based society where everybody seems to be a guru, everybody <laughs> wants to sell you a course for 997 you know, 1497, <laughs> hand you this package of all, all you have to do is follow my 12 easy steps to, you know, fix your life. Talk <laughs> to us a little bit about what it really means to be in the trenches with your clients and why that is so pivotal for the amount of money that anybody spends. There's a place for information and there's a place mm -hmm. for changing your business. And there's a huge difference between the two. So talk to us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so right now I actually, I don't have any online courses right now. I don't have any thing that I'm trying to sell an end user 
So that's number one. And then uh, number two, I kind of discovered a couple of years ago that this is why I tell you today that I spend my time about 50-50 now because there was a time that I had gotten up to like a lot of paid speeches a year and I realized I was starting to feel a little bit of a disconnect between, you know, doing that whole like jumping on a plane, going and giving a 60-minute keynote, the rah-rah, the pictures afterwards and, um, you know, making people feel good. And then I left and I just remember thinking, man, like, you know, did, you know, it sounded like everything went great. It sounded like, you know, what I said resonated with these folks. But then how do I know that I actually impacted and changed their life in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? Will people actually take what I said and try to implement it into their lives? And I realized when I started following up with some of my clients that, yeah, like I'm not the only one that has that thought and not just about me, but about any speaker in general. And so the more I started diving into that, the more I realized that I really wanted to be more invested um, in my clients. And so it just led to more and more consulting work. And it's been really fulfilling for me because again, it's not just about walking the walk, but it's also, or talking the talk, it's also walking the walk. Like I'm staying invested and I'm still, you know, being able to provide impact and value. So yeah. 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 That's, and that's huge. Uh, we're not saying it's a, it's a bad thing to get the products. I want to be clear. Yeah. What I'm saying is right. if the product is promising you a whole life change and these 12 easy steps, I'm reading a lot about this right now. And um, I'm really, I am really passionate. That's one of the reasons we started this podcast. There's no such thing as 12 easy steps. There is no such thing <laughs> as an easy button to success. Exactly. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really getting tired of hearing these people say that because it's not the truth. But the reality is some of these paid courses actually add a lot of value to your life. But if somebody is telling you that you need to do X, Y, Z in your business and everything will work, perfectly after that, that person should be on the journey with you so that when things don't work perfectly, Mm -hmm. they can help you solve those problems. So that's what I want to clarify. But with that being said, we want to wrap up again, ShannonMcCain.com. If you, if you didn't catch that earlier, we are so grateful that you came on the show. We are super excited about where you're going. And if there's any way real life for equity can help you or support you, let us know. Yeah, thank you so, so much for having me on the podcast. I know you guys have been doing such a great job with this podcast, and so it's great to finally get to join you on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.